What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. I am Sterling Holmes. Just me today. Just me, y'all. Adam Best is out. So just me. We'll be doing a little bit of a AMA. A little different. Just ask me anything, whatever you guys want to know. Well, I will do my best to answer. We're going to talk a little bit about Chris Jones. I want to talk a little bit about the offensive line and maybe get into the 53-man roster prediction as well. But before we do all of that, got to give a shout out. Come on now. You know what's coming up. Betting time. Betting time is just around the corner if you're looking to bet on NFL games. And we have the perfect one-stop shop for all your sports betting needs. Check out arrowheadaddict.com forward slash bets for a variety of sportsbook promos you can use to maximize your winnings. Each time you sign up for one of our promotions, you are directly supporting the podcast. These promotions are constantly changing, so if you aren't sold on a promotion now, come back next week. We might have a new offer just for you. Head over to arrowheadaddict.com forward slash bets by scanning the QR, uh, the QR code on screen. Click the link in the description or by typing it in. That's arrowheadaddict.com forward slash bets. Check the episode description for more information. All right. I don't want to talk too much about Chris Jones. Matt Connor and myself did an entire episode nearly dedicated to the Chris Jones saga. And quite frankly, there are too many positives too many good things currently happening in Chiefs Kingdom that I don't want to dwell on the one negative too much. Chris Jones, as we heard uh, yesterday, at least according to his Twitter account, he is, well, willing to hold out until week eight. Now, how much of that is true remains to be seen. I don't think he's going to hold out until week eight. That, that is too much money. Even for a guy who followed that up by saying, I can afford it, come on, that ain't going to happen. Whether it, you think it's, Brett Veach and the Chiefs not offering him enough, whether you think Chris Jones is being selfish or whether you think his agents are just plain wrong. I think the biggest statement with his agents, at least that I have, biggest takeaway is he is the big fish for the agency. Chris Jones is the top guy. You go down, Byron Pringle, a couple of other smaller NFL players When you get down to it, I think the agents might be a little bit, I don't want to say over their head, but they're trying to prove a point. They're trying to say, hey, this is our big fish. We have to hold out for him, give him the absolute most amount of money possible. I would believe in their mind that would make other players want to sign with them if they get Chris Jones this incredibly lucrative deal. That's the only takeaway, the only thought process I have, because when you don't have a agency that has a lot of other big name clients, it kind of comes off this way. But I want to talk about on field in regards to Chris Jones. In regards to Chris Jones missing, if he were to miss eight weeks, this would be beyond detrimental to this defense. And yes, I'm with you, Tom Hood. I'm calling Chris Jones bluff. He's not holding out until week eight. Let's just say he holds out a couple weeks, okay? This is a huge loss for the Chiefs defense, not just physically speaking, but as much as I like Danny Shelton, as much as I like the the draft pick of Keandre Coburn, the Chiefs are also missing Charles Menehue for the first six weeks of the season. That is a massive loss. You're going to have Derek Nottie potentially, Turk Wharton, who has bad knees, 
Danny Shelton and a rookie. That's not ideal. Chris Jones understands this one part of his leverage. What actually helps him is that Charles and Minahue being out six weeks. If Charles was there, I would have way less reservations about Chris Jones missing. But without Chris Jones, that goes out by the wayside. I mean, this defense, he is the, the pinnacle of this defense, the pendulum of this defense, if you will. With Chris Jones, pendulum swings in a potential top 10 defense. Without Chris Jones, the pendulum swings the other way. And in my opinion, it might be a bottom 10 defense. Now, I am someone who is very bullish on what this defense can do as a whole. So much depth in the secondary. So much uh, talent at the, linebacker posi- uh, at the linebacker position. But I don't want a case of, what was it, 2018, 2019, the Chiefs just had to outscore everyone. Chris Jones makes this defense better. Without Chris Jones, I have a lot, a lot of questions. Uh, I do see one thing right here from Jeff. Jones is bleeping on his teammates. I do think there's a case of if I were a teammate of Chris Jones, I would not be happy right now. This is a team with Super Bowl aspirations. This is a team where not everyone's going to be the highest paid player. That's just the way of the salary cap era. Not everyone can be the highest play, uh, the highest paid player. This is a team where you've heard Chris Jones time and time again say he wants to be a chief for life. And then you see this. I would be at least a little bit, a little bit irritated at Chris Jones. Uh, Tony Martin asks, has Sterling put a bet on the over under when Jones shows up? You degenerate. Uh, (laughs) I say he's there week one. I don't think he misses the Lions. I don't think he misses a game check. Those game checks are too big, too much money. Now, again, I've said it before, I'm a frugal man. I ain't Chris Jones. I don't have that much money in the bank account. But I ain't missing a game check. I don't think Chris Jones does either. I think this is a case of Chris Jones and his agents and the Kansas City Chiefs and Brett Veach, they're they're playing hardball. Who is going to break first? I see a lot of people in the chat asking about Ndamukong Sue. Man, Ndamukong Sue, the name is very enticing, but is the production still there? As much as Ndamukong Sue was great a few years ago even, he ain't replacing Chris Jones. No one outside of Aaron Donald is replacing Chris Jones. Uh, it's a very difficult situation. I see a question from Brian Mueller. Sorry to be off the Chris Jones topic. I've always wanted to know what happened with Eric Berry and his relationship with the Chiefs. Does anyone know? Please let me know, Sterling. If I could tell you, I'd be telling you. I, I'm assuming a lot of it had to do with the injury designation with the day-to-day, uh, how it was portrayed to the media and to the fans. I think how it was represented was a bad look on, on both sides. When you say day-to-day and fans then all of a sudden are taking the team side basically saying, well, if he's day-to-day, doesn't that come off as a little bit soft? Doesn't that come off as if you could play through it, why aren't you playing through it? Um, I, I think it was a little bit of misrepresentation, a little bit of, I don't know if everyone had their facts straight in that situation. Um, I always feel bad because, I mean, Eric Berry, the story of his coming back, uh, him him going to Atlanta and, and scoring a touchdown and, and just everything he did post-cancer is such a phenomenal storyline. Uh, I hate that it ended on such a sour note. But one thing I want to bring up here, even if Chris Jones plays week one, I know he's in great shape. I don't think Chris Jones is sitting on his couch eating bonbons, crushing pints of ice cream and drinking wine out of a box. I don't think that's his uh, his in-shape regimen to get ready for the season. But even if you are lifting weights, game shape, 
in great shape are two entirely different things. Now, let me take this on a much, much smaller scale, much, much smaller scale. I play basketball. I still play in a men's league. Okay. Again, much smaller scale. This ain't the NFL. This is not the top of the line athletes. I took two weeks off, two weeks off. I come back. Your legs feel like jello. Still in good shape. I still think I'm in good shape, but the legs just aren't there. It takes time. You have to ramp back up against actual competition. Shoot around ain't going to get it. You got to go up against other players, have competition. You have to have that mindset. Chris Jones can work out all he wants. That is not game shape. And that is my question. How much will this hold out, not playing in the preseason, not going up against other guys in training camp? How much does this affect him? A ton. You look at um, Emmett Smith held out two, two weeks in the regular season for the Dallas Cowboys. Look at what happened when he came back. There was a ramp up period. It wasn't just a, all right, he's back. Week three, throw him in there. He's going for 20 carries and 100 yards. It was eight carries, 45 yards. How much time, how many snaps can Chris Jones even take the, the week he comes back? And by the way, when Chris Jones does come back, and again, I'm still saying does because I don't think he holds out. When he does come back, he better put up a sack, two sacks a game. He's going to have a target on his back from the fan base. I love Chris Jones, but you know this is going to happen. If Chris, if Chris Jones isn't the absolute game record that he was last year, if he's not first team all pro, if he's not outplaying Aaron Donald, folks are going to be up in arms about this. Right or wrong, it is going to happen. Uh, I see BL right here. He says that's a good comparison. It's like boxers that still work out but haven't had a real fight in 12 to 18 months. There's ring rust. Yeah, again, I know it's a much smaller scale, but that's the point I'm trying to make. If you guys have played sports, I'm, I'm imagining most of you played sports growing up. When you take time off, that first game back, there's going to be that rust. Even if you ran the entire offseason, even if you lifted weights the entire offseason, the second you get into the game, it's just a little different. Lauren Shanks says, give him a three-year deal worth $85 million fully guaranteed. Now, here's where I land with this. We won't know the actual contract details in, until either A, he signs, until the Chiefs or Chris Jones' agents leak this, or C, most likely never, okay? If it were me, I'm giving him three-year, 85, fully million guaranteed like that. Because not only are you taking his three best years left of his career, you don't have to worry about year four and year five. Now, are there injury concerns? Yes. But if it's going to come down to having Chris Jones the best three years left of his career, you take that risk, in my opinion. I would 1,000% make that deal, Lauren Shanks. Uh, Latrell asks, is any team going to pay CJ $30 million a year after being a year older and likely having worse numbers than last year? And that's what this comes down to. And this is exactly why I don't think he holds out. He ain't Le'Veon Bell. He learned from Le'Veon Bell. Everyone in the NFL has learned from Le'Veon Bell. Saquon Barkley considered it for like two weeks and goes, nah, screw that. This is not going to be good for me. Chris Jones isn't going to hold out because you're right. If he holds out, one, the Chiefs can still franchise tag him. But two, he's going to be a year older and a year removed from his best season. That isn't going to happen. Guys miss six games. Guys miss four games. And one year after coming off of their best season, what happens? Their value goes down so, so much. Look what happened to DeAndre Hopkins. Look at the DeAndre Hopkins contract. If you would have asked that question, if you would have said, if you would have asked me, if DeAndre Hopkins would receive that contract a year ago before he missed games, you would call it crazy. But because he missed games and not even a full season, 
Look what happened to his contract. Chris Jones can't miss games or else look what happens to his contract. Uh, I don't want to spend any more time on this Chris Jones talk right now. Um, We've spent so much time. If you want a more in-depth, detailed conversation, listen to Matt Connor and myself's podcast yesterday right here in the Arrowhead Attic podcast. I want to talk some more happy things here, okay? Because there are so many good things happening in Chiefs Kingdom right now, so many good things surrounding this current Kansas City Chiefs team. I want to talk about the positives. First off, the positives with the quarterbacks, the positives with the offensive line, and I think that starts here. The offensive line is about to be the best offensive line we will have seen in the Patrick Mahomes era. Now, I understand Jawan Taylor, as good as he might be, it's no Mitchell Schwartz, okay? It's not Mitchell Schwartz. And then you look at the left side, Eric Fisher versus Donovan Smith, okay? As much as I liked Eric Fisher, I thought he was always a little bit underrated because everyone always pointed to 1-1 and thought he should be Trent Williams. I think he was better than he got credit for. This is the best interior offensive line in the NFL. And from left to right, you look at Donovan Smith and you look at last year, you look at his entire career from 2015 to 2022 so far, only one year stands out. That was last year. He was on an upward progression year after year after year. And if you look at PFF, it was an 83 in 2021. Do you think he fell off a cliff when he turned 29? Well, I mean, I turned 29 and fell off a cliff, but I'm not a professional athlete. Donovan Smith did not fall off a cliff at age 29. It was injuries, not just to him, but to the entire offensive line of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was atrocious. It was a debacle. Okay. You put him now next to Joe Tooney, who Joe Tooney made Orlando Brown Jr. look better. Joe Tooney and Donovan Smith are about to have a field day over there. And by the way, Donovan Smith fits this offensive line, this scheme, much, much better. Orlando Brown Jr., for all of his, his positives in the run game, being a big dude, a mauler, he ain't quick. We saw it firsthand. Donovan Smith, for his size, is a much better pass blocker. This is going to behoove Kansas City. It's going to behoove Donovan Smith. Might even lead to less penalties. Now, if I'm going to be transparent and be fair here, Donovan Smith has had a lot of penalties, not just last year. He had 12 penalties last year. To put it in perspective, Orlando Brown Jr. had six. He has had four seasons of double-digit penalties, two in the past three years for um, Donovan Smith. That's not good. That's a man who, when the quarterback extends plays, he tends to hold. Well, what's going to happen when Mahomes extends plays? I talked to Seth Kaiser about this, and Seth Kaiser thought it was a little bit of a overblown concern. While still one is there, it might be a little overblown because the way Mahomes scrambles is a little bit different. Mahomes scrambles over the right tackle a lot or between the B-gaps. And by doing that, typically that doesn't put enough pressure or more pressure, if I will, on Donovan Smith. So maybe we're a little too concerned about the penalty method, uh, or at least the penalties that might start piling up for Donovan Smith. I want to hit a couple of questions here. Benjamin says, CJ isn't returning until week eight. I believe him. I disagree, but, you know, that's the great thing about this platform is we can disagree and we can still love the Chiefs. Uh, Angry Drunken German says, if we pay Tooney 22 mil next year and let Jones walk, I want Veach to see uh, a professional to be evaluated. That ain't happening. I love Joe Tooney. He ain't seeing 22 mil next year. That ain't going to happen. They, they brought in Joe Tooney to revamp this offensive line. They brought in Joe Tooney to be the leader of this offensive line. But Joe Tooney, I, I love him. He ain't going to be here next year for 22 mil. It's either getting restructured 
or, or the Chiefs are getting out of that. Um, Tony Martin says he lost to Alex Cap, who was a Pro Bowl, and Jensen, who was Pro Bowler at center, was hurt. So, of course, he was down in his last year in Tampa. 100% agree, Tony. That was my whole point right there. There, there. It was a situation where, of course, he was going to be down. Now, I wonder if you can make a case that what did the rest of the NFL see? Did the NFL see? Because they, they saw the same thing, too. Let's not kid ourselves. I'm not smarter than 31 other GMs or 32 GMs in the NFL, right? I ain't smarter. They, they saw the same thing that Alex Cap went down and Jensen went down. They saw that. But what did they see to not offer a larger contract to Donovan Smith? What were the overarching concerns? Was it the penalties? Did they think there was a steep drop-off? Or did they just say, hey, we're comfortable at left tackle? And they moved on. Because there are a lot of teams, I think, that could have used Donovan Smith as an upgrade. A uh, couple more questions to get to. Tony Martin asks, is ISM going to make this roster? Or he, or he says ISM is going to make this roster. I think he makes this roster if Kadarius Tony is placed on the the IR. Not the full year IR, mind you, like Jody Fortson is. Because if you're placed on the IR before August 30th at 3 p.m. Central, done for the year. You're not coming back. But I don't think that's going to be the case with Kadarius Tony. So... If he misses four games, I think Amir Smith-Marset makes it. If they have Tony activated and, and, and healthy and active for week one, I think ISM is the odd man out. Now, I like 82. I love watching him in training camp. He is the backup punt returner on this team. He's making this decision extremely, extremely hard on Andy Reid, Brett Veach, and the chief staff. And that's exactly what you want. But at the end of the day, you ain't keeping eight wide receivers. It's not going to happen. It's already going to be a struggle for the Chiefs to keep seven. You heard it in Andy Reid's press conference the other day. Uh, I want to say it was on Monday or was it Friday of last week. They mentioned keeping six or seven wide receivers. And quite frankly, that's the first time we've heard Andy Reid even mention seven wide receivers. Now, we've talked about it in the media. A lot of fans have talked about it. But this was the first time, at least that I can remember, we've heard Andy Reid actually allude to keeping seven wide receivers. But end of the day... Amir Smith-Marset, in my opinion, I think slots in at number eight. Can you trade him? You can't practice squad him because if you put him in the practice squad, he is getting, he's getting picked up like that. Did the Chiefs try and go away from Justin Watson? Because again, as I've mentioned, Justin Watson, his offensive skill set is very similar to MVS. If you looked at last year, snap counts, well, they were correlated. When MVS went up, Justin Watson's went down and the opposite happened. So if they think they have two of the same uh, same skill set, maybe Justin Watson is the guy that's gone. But I don't see it. And quite frankly, from what the Chiefs have shown us, Justin Watson's making this team. Not only is he a great special teamer, he can play all wide receiver spots. He knows the playbook inside and out, and he's a field stretcher. Typically, Andy Reid likes to keep two field stretchers on this team. Justin Watson, in my opinion, is making it. Amir Smith-Marset, as much as I would like to see it, think is out. I want to talk about the running back position for a little bit. If you guys have any questions on running back, feel free to throw them this way. We know Isaiah Pacheco is here. We saw the non-contact jersey get lifted the other day. Jerick McKinnon, we know, is here. But what I will say with McKinnon is how much will we see him during the regular season? Probably not a lot until the very end and then the playoffs. They want to save him. He's a, he's a guy who's had a multitude of injuries early on in his career. I think the Chiefs have found the right way to use him to keep him healthy and yet still effective. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I think, is making this team. I know a lot of people are not happy about that, but 
realistically, it's what the Chiefs have shown us they're going to do. He was out there with the ones. I get it with no Isaiah Pacheco, but he was a guy who they, who they called upon. They trust Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And quite frankly, he was fine to start last year before the injury. One thing, have you noticed I've said, three running backs on this team have already had injuries in their career. This happens to the running back position. It's why a lot of teams have wised up and not paid running backs. They are nervous about the injuries. They break down. It is a very physically demanding position in a physically demanding sport. It's hard. But when it comes to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, if they use him more as a pass catcher, I think we'll see him improve. We saw him last year improve when it comes to scoring touchdowns. That was the knock against him. And while I agree, Clyde doesn't have the juice as some of these other guys. He's fine. He's capable, and the Chiefs trust him. That matters to an extent. So those three running backs, in my opinion, are safe. Now it comes down to Daneric Prince and LaMichael P. Ryan. Daneric Prince had the inside edge. Everyone was going crazy about Daneric Prince. And I try to tell folk, let's pump the brakes just a little bit. While some of the traits are tantalizing, when you look at training camp, you look at highlights, what do you guys typically see? Running backs, wide receivers, and if you want to say quarterbacks and cornerbacks, I will, I will entertain that. Because you're not tackling them. They're going to look good. You go to training camp, you see them run 30 yards, when in reality, they probably would have been down for a two-yard loss. They're not tackling. So, Daneric Prince, for all this hype that was early on, um, my thought process was, we won't see it until at least the preseason. I'm not saying Daneric Prince isn't making this team, but if he's not going to be the kick returner, then I don't think he makes this team. He's not looked good as the kick returner. If the Chiefs try and go a different way, if they trust someone else, if Richie James is not only the punt returner, but also the kick returner, I don't see how Daneric Prince makes this roster. Michael Pirine has shown way more. He knows where he's going. He's a good pass protector. He's a veteran. I like LaMichael Pirine. At this point where it stands on August 23rd, I think LaMichael Pirine over Daneric Prince. Uh, Clint McKenzie says, CEH is the Toyota Corolla of running backs. I would say Corollas are more dependable. I like Clyde a lot, man. He's been on the podcast before. I had a chance to talk with him. I love Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's a really good dude. He's been injured way more than a Toyota Corolla. Those things last forever. Those things will have 400,000 miles on it. You ain't putting 400,000 miles on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But if you're what you're saying is it is a serviceable car, it'll get you from point A to point B, it ain't a Ferrari, then yes, I will agree with you. Uh, some more I want to get to. One from Benjamin. Running it back is going to be a little bit hard without 95. Yeah, way harder. You're looking at the Chiefs when they were forced to try and outscore every single team. Now, I love the defense. I've, I've said this time and time again. I'm very excited about the defense. But it comes with the caveat of Chris Jones getting pressure up the middle. Without that, it is a very, very difficult proposition. Uh, Tom Hood says CEH is averaging 2.5 yards per carry this preseason. That's about where I thought he would be. Yeah, it's not been not been pretty. It's not been the most effective. But again, the usage, the usage, I should say, of Clyde has basically made me believe that he will be making this roster. All right, let's go to the defense now. Uh, a couple things I want to talk about. Uh, Sands, Chris Jones. Other few aspects that I'm excited about. I'm excited about the linebackers. I'm excited about the depth. And it's not just me. It's PFF. PFF had this linebacking core of Kansas City ranked sixth heading into this year. And one thing that stood out to me and also to them 
There's no Fred Warner on this defense. There's no Roquan Smith. I love Nick Bolton, but is Nick Bolton a, a all pro? At least not yet. And that's what stands out is they're almost greater than the sum of their parts. Okay. They, they all have something that is their calling card. If they have a deficiency, someone else in this linebacking room picks it up because they excel at it. You look at Leo Chanel. Leo Chanel at the very tail end of last year was a top 10 uh, run stuffing linebacker. You look at Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton throughout the entire year was outstanding as a run stopper. And where does Nick Bolton have a little deficiency? Where does Leo Chanel have a little deficiency? Pass coverage. Enter Willie Gay Jr. and Drew Tranquil. Drew Tranquil and Willie Gay Jr. both finished top 15 as a pass coverage linebacker in the NFL last year. Chiefs have two guys in the top 15 at pass coverage at the linebacker position. That is huge, especially on third downs. By the way, Drew Tranquil had five and a half sacks last year. Drew Tranquil is about to be Spags' favorite player, I think, because you can use him as a decoy. You can send him after the quarterback. He can drop back into coverage. Teams have no idea what's going to happen when Drew Tranquil is on the field. The Chiefs will have four linebackers they will use a lot, but I think Drew Tranquil is going to get a lot more playing time than people think. If I had to break it down, if I had to break down the linebacker room as far as playing time, Bolton won, and I'll say it, I think Drew Tranquil ends up with the second most amount of snaps. Part of that is because he's the green dot when Nick Bolton's out, but also because Drew Tranquil plays all three linebacker spots. He's going to see a ton of PT. Adam Steele says everyone needs to calm down about CJ and realize that this team will be all right without him. We made it to the Super Bowl with a trash O-line. We lost terribly, but this team finds a way. I think the Chiefs are still going to be the Super Bowl favorites if Chris Jones is not here. I will agree in that situation, but I think it makes it a lot more difficult. It's going to put a lot more pressure on Mahomes, a lot more pressure on Andy and Spags. And quite frankly, I think Andy Reid is a little bit over it. You've heard Andy Reid talk, and he is not thrilled to be asked constantly about what's going on with Chris Jones. He wants to get this thing done. Uh, I see a question here. Pacheco over under 1,000 rushing yards. Ooh, good question. I'm going to say under. I'm going to say under. I think the Chiefs are going to use more of an RB by committee. Uh, I know with the 17th game, this makes it a little easier, but I'm still going to take the under of Pacheco 1,000, but I think it's close. I think Pacheco's over 900, under 1,000, somewhere in that range. Uh, Another one here. Who do you like from a free safety perspective to make this team? Brian Cook, Mike Edwards, Chamari Connor, uh, Anthony Cook. I think top three make it. I think Brian Cook is the starter next to Justin Reed. I think Mike Edwards makes his team. Uh, And I think uh, Chamari Connor makes his team as well. Shamari Connor is, is a versatile piece, especially if Legarius Sneed, who we've not really heard a ton from, misses any time. Now, I don't think you're going to see a lot of Shamari Connor line up as a slot or at least especially on the outside like uh, Legarius Sneed does. But the versatility of Shamari Connor is, again, the same reason why I said you're going to see a lot of PT from Drew, uh, Drew Tranquil. I think you might see a lot of PT from Chamari Connor, even as a rookie. The versatility is something that Spags covets, and Connor has it. Uh, I do think Brian Cook is the starter, uh, but you did see Chamari Connor when they did three safety sets. Who was that third safety? It was Chamari Connor. Get ready for a lot of Chamari Connor. Uh, Tom says, RB by committee, why? Let's put CEH in so we can get two yards. I'm not saying it's a great reasoning. I'm just saying the Chiefs are probably going to do it. When have they not? 
When have the Chiefs not had a RB by committee outside of the one year of Kareem Hunt? Andy Reid, even in in Philly, a lot of times had some decent backup running backs. It's just the way the NFL has gone. Unless you are Saquon Barkley, unless you are – hell, even Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler has an RB, RB by committee. He's one of the best in the NFL. Aaron Jones splits time with A.J. Dillon. Alvin Kamara split time forever with Mark Ingram, and now it's just whoever else. The NFL has transitioned into this – uh, RB by committee because it keeps your starter, the best guy, fresh. And then, yeah, maybe two yards here, but allows Pacheco to stay healthy. So instead, he can go for five yards of carry. Instead of getting tired, next thing you know, he ain't picking it up. Jamal Charles, sure. Jamal Charles, yeah, he was um, the guy. But even Priest Holmes eventually split time with Larry Johnson. I, I just think that RB by committee in today's day and age, in today's NFL, makes the most sense to keep guys fresh, rotate dudes in and out. And by the way, with Isaiah Pacheco, the one thing I will say, how much is he going to play on third down? How much is he going to play when it's an obvious passing down situation? That still remains to be seen. Um, he was not good in pass pro last year. I will also point out he was a rookie. That is the biggest, I should say the hardest change from college to the NFL is pass pro for running backs. So I would expect at least some improvement. He has the want to, he's got the size. Now it comes down to, can he, has he learned enough? Can he pick it up? But his ability in pass protection, in my opinion, is going to be a huge differentiator of how much Isaiah Pacheco plays this year. Uh, Kevin says, CEH under. Last game stuffed in a terrible holding penalty. Old man McKinnon, one carry, 20 yards. I'm not saying who I think is better. Kevin, I'm with you. I think McKinnon has way more juice. I think McKinnon's a better all-around running back. But the Chiefs have not shown they want to use McKinnon a ton, especially early in the year. It's a war of attrition. The NFL season is long. It's grueling. And one of the most grueling positions is running back. They try and keep McKinnon healthy for the playoffs, for games that truthfully matter. I love Clyde to an extent. I think he's a good dude. But they're almost going to use him to take hits off of other guys. They're going to use Clyde to an extent to keep Pacheco healthy, to keep Jerick McKinnon healthy. That's the way I see it. You're going to have three or four running backs every single year. A RB goes down, not just in the NFL, but on the chiefs. They've not had a lot of running backs who started the season in the season. It's part of why running back is such a physically demanding spot. Evan says it's grueling for fans too of everyone but the Chiefs. <laughs> I would argue even the Chiefs, because it's grueling right now having to talk and try and understand what the hell is going on with Chris Jones and the Chiefs. Uh, angry, drunken German says, every time I'm late to the start of the show, Sterling steals my notes. Well, thank you for sending them over to me. I know that you email me all the time about your notes of what to talk about. Appreciate it. Um, Brian Gales says third down RB is McKinnon. Maybe next year Pacheco will be in on third down. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, third down running backs are starting to have more and more of a heyday in the NFL. Um, you can make a lot of money and stick around a long time being strictly a third down back. Jared McKinnon's carved out a nice role for himself. You're seeing him even at his age look so explosive, even with the uh, immense amount of injuries, just serious injuries he had early in his career because – Great pass protector, great pass catcher. That's huge in today's NFL. Adam Steele says, RBs are one, Pacheco, two, McKinnon, three, CEH, four, Prince. You will see decent games from all these players every game. Mahomes said at best, don't count on us for fancy points because we spread it around. That's funny. It's a good point. I was asked on a podcast of, all right, Chiefs talk. 
for fantasy football, who would you draft? I said, well, Mahomes. said, obviously, Travis Kelsey. And then I was saying, I guess Isaiah Pacheco, but I wouldn't draft him extremely high in fantasy football. And they asked about wide receivers. And I said, they're going to spread the ball around. Travis Kelsey will get his every single game. We know this. But you're going to have Rasheed Rice games. You're going to have Justin Ross games. You're going to have MVS games, Kadarius Tony games, Richie James games, Sky Moore games. But when I was asked about what wide receivers would I draft in fantasy football, I said, this is not a good fantasy football wide receiver core. It's a great NFL wide receiver core. This is real game football. The Chiefs have so many different wide receivers that excel at different things. The same reason why I said the linebacking core is really good because they excel at different traits. Same thing goes for the wide receivers. Mahomes spreads the ball around. If you're playing a fantasy football and you're drafting Sky Moore early, good luck. I love Sky Moore. I think he leads his wide receivers, wide receivers, not Travis Kelsey, wide receivers and receptions. I still don't think it's going to be anything crazy. I don't think any wide receiver gets to 1,000. And guess what? That's okay. That does not mean I don't have faith in the wide receivers because Mahomes spreads it around, because Andy Reid likes to keep people on their toes, because there's not a bona fide wide receiver one. There's tons of wide receiver twos, some wide receiver threes, and some excellent wide receiver fours. Benjamin says, who would take the place of Joe Tooney at left guard? $22 million is a big cap hit. It's a good question. Uh, I wonder if Trey Smith gets re-signed. I wonder if they're trying out Darian Kennard this year. I've seen a lot of Darian Kennard in the preseason. I've been very, very enthusiastic about it. I just don't see the Chiefs spinning 22 mil at left guard when there's so many other more impactful positions of need. Okay. Uh, I would like to see Nick Bolton back. I'd like to see Willie Gay Jr. back. I'd prefer to see Legarius Sneed back. I think left guard is more replaceable than all those three positions. Nothing against Joe Tooney. I love the fact he's here. He's a freaking Iron Man. I love Joe Tooney, but a left guard at 22 mil when you're paying Jawan Taylor what you're paying him, when you're going to have to pay Creed Humphrey, if you're going to have to pay Trey Smith to keep him here, you can't pay everyone. At some point, Joe Tooney, he is too good. He's going to be too expensive. He's probably going to be a cap casualty. Uh, it comes down to who fills that role. Is it going to be Darian Kennard? Does Nick Allegretti finally get his chance? Is Nick Allegretti, who's been waiting in the wings, who's been pretty solid when ever called upon, a little bit of a nasty streak. Does Allegretti get re-signed? Could be the case. Uh, Chris Albright asked, not sure if this has been asked, but will Travis go off this year and break Gronk's TD record? Man, as much as I want to say yes, I think no. It's the same thing I said with the wide receivers. Mahomes spreads the ball around too much. Tom Brady just always looked towards Gronk in the red zone. Travis Kelsey is not always getting every single look from Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs do so many of those little pop passes, and we saw it in the preseason with Richie James, and I saw it at training camp. They use Richie James on those little pop passes a decent amount, almost a little bit like they use McCole Hardman. You use that speed, right? You use the speed of Richie James and the shiftiness. I think that helps the Chiefs offense more than Travis Kelsey, who's more of a graceful bull, right? As graceful as Travis Kelsey is and as large as he is, doesn't have the shiftiness or speed in that tight little area that a Richie James might have. So on some of those little small forward passes, I think it's going to be Richie James. So for that reason alone, that's going to eat into Travis Kelsey's touchdown numbers. So no, I don't think he beats Gronk's touchdown record this year. 
ADG says Tony's or Tooney's money should go to Jones, Creed, and Smith. Uh, I would agree. I think three is better than one. Just do some simple math here. As much as I love Joe Tooney, uh, I'm doing some math, and I would rather keep three or even two than one. I think Creed Humphrey has to be the priority, though, uh, on the offensive line. We're kind of getting back to how impactful and important the offensive line is. I don't want to talk too much about it because we have a full season coming up, and I know it's it's – it's always entertaining to talk about who's going to stay and who's going to leave. But in regards to Creed Humphrey, really quickly, my concern is they let Mitch Morris walk. They let Rodney Hudson walk. What do they do with Creed Humphrey? The difference is, well, this is now Brett Veach's decision, not the previous regime. Uh, Fratelli says, sorry, this is off key, but why is Mahomes taking a pay cut if he's not getting his guys paid? It's a really good point. One I talked with Matt Connor a bit yesterday, you can look at this two, way, two ways. You can look at it as, all right, Mahomes and Travis Kelsey is the best example of this. They are underpaid based on what they bring to the table. The thing with with Mahomes that I will give a little caveat on is he's getting paid half a billion. Not only that, he is the longest contract of all the quarterbacks. So while, yes, he's a little bit underpaid AAV, he has the most security still. Okay, that's a little bit of a difference here. But if you want to make the case they're underpaid AAV-wise, let's go ahead and have this conversation. You can make the case they're underpaid, so Chris Jones should take a pay cut because those two guys are. Or if you're Mahomes and Kelsey, you say, we took pay cuts so you can pay guys like Chris Jones so you can rekeep and restructure and give a second contract to Legereus Sneed. I don't know how Mahomes feels about this. He will probably never be truthful about this. You can ask him time and time again. He said earlier today he thought that this would be done by now. He thought that this holdout wouldn't take as long as it would. But he also said he still loves Chris Jones. They'll welcome him back with open arms whenever he's back in Kansas City. Well, he's back on the team. But yes, I think it's a good point for Telly. I'm with you to an extent. Uh, someone says Morris had concussion issues and we let him walk. Hudson got lucky and the Raiders offered him a stupid contract. We might sign Creed, sure. Mitch Morse did have some concussion injury, uh, injuries, some more injuries, obviously, than Creed Humphrey has suffered in his time here in Kansas City. That's a good point. Uh, we saw Morris actually suffer a decent amount of concussions with the Bills. When he's out on the field, when he's actually playing, Mitch Morris was still one of the best centers in the NFL. But injuries, and specifically concussions, got the best. Uh, Creed was a ready-made center when he was drafted. He could have a higher ceiling than Jason Kelsey. It's a good point. Quite frankly, I, I look back on my draft analysis of Creed Humphrey, and I said, yeah, he's ready to play week one. And I also said, I don't know how high his ceiling is. I go, I don't think he ever is an all-pro. Uh, yeah, I'm an idiot. I was like, yeah, Creed Humphrey's going to be really good. He's, he, he might be able to be, be a top five center in the NFL. Because I thought that the floor was so high, I didn't know how much room he had left for the ceiling. Well, I was a dumbass. He had a high floor and an extremely high ceiling. Creed Humphrey is the dude. Uh, Chris Albright says over under seven touchdowns for Justin Ross this year, over under six TDs for Rice. I would say under for Justin Ross, maybe under for Rice. I think Richie James gets more touchdowns than people think. Travis Kelsey, let's say 12. Let's say Richie James, seven. You're at 19. There's just so many guys you can say six or seven. If I were a betting man, I would take the under. Because when Kadarius Tony comes back, how much does that affect the red zone? Kadarius Tony's a guy who can go up and get it. Uh, now, I know both Justin Rice and Rasheed Rice can go up and get it, but if Ju- if Kadarius Tony is healthy, how much do we really believe we're going to see Justin Ross and Rasheed Rice on the field? Because you're going to see Kadarius Tony. He's, he, he will be your one. MVS and Skymore, I think, are your clear-cut two, three. 
I still believe Richie James is number four in the depth chart. You got Justin Watson, Justin Ross, and Rasheed Rice as, the, as a three. Uh, and again, maybe it's because I'm so concerned that Andy Reid-led system, a wide receiver, isn't going to play a ton. I know we saw him a lot in the preseason. He showed out. I'm still concerned that until I see it in an Andy Reid system, a rookie wide receiver is going to have a tough time seeing the field. As much as I want to see Rasheed, uh, Rasheed Rice out there, as much as I think he could be an impact player, it might be year two. Same thing with Sky Moore. So I think Sky Moore takes a massive leap this year. So I think Sky Moore goes from 250 to at least 750. It's the Andy Reid second year, not a rookie anymore. I think Rasheed Rice makes a major impact next season. This was fun, everyone. I haven't done an AMA in a long time on here. I hope you guys really enjoyed this. I appreciate you guys hanging out, commenting, chatting. I hope you guys are as excited for the regular season as I am. I hope Chris Jones and the Chiefs come to some sort of agreement. I try to keep this as positive, as light as possible. I didn't want to dwell on the negatives of Chris Jones anymore. So hopefully you got your fill yesterday in the beginning of this segment. But thank you guys so much. Honestly, it means a lot. I uh, got some cool things coming up, some cool interviews I will be doing uh, on Stacking the Box. If you guys like an NFL podcast, not just Chiefs related, but an NFL podcast, please consider subscribing to Stacking the Box. Thank you guys so much for liking and subscribing this, to this video as well. Thank you to everyone who comments and everyone who leaves us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We truthfully mean, or that truthfully means a ton to all of us. We'll be doing a ton of stuff. I believe Patrick is here tomorrow. We'll obviously have the game, pregame, halftime, postgame on Saturday. And until then, we are out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.